0: Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the Forty and Twenty Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things
1: we like. Everett, why are you smiling? <laughs> I'm just, I'm okay. happy, man. Okay. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm actually excited about this booze that's in front of me. It's just been, it's just been a nice like weekend.
0: You just gave me like a very Dennis the Menace smile. It made me uncomfortable. It almost <laughs> messed with my flow, and I had to ask.
1: <laughs> but how are you? Uh, I'm good. That's what you're supposed to say to me. I know. I was just real distracted. <laughs> i'm good you know uh it, it's been you know it's it's a weekend sunday as usual mm-hmm. as usual well you know, not necessarily as usual but you know it's a sunday that's well, when we record 85 yeah. percent of the time sunday night uh but you know that's sort of end of the weekend but it's been like a weird weekend right like it sort of started early um because the kids kind of got out of like got kicked out of their schools and um you know so it's just been sort of like an extended weekend i've had the ability to sort of do some of the things that i wanted to do that i've been kind of avoiding doing or not doing uh so i'm just feeling like a little bit uh like accomplished but also a little bit panicked that i i'm not doing other things you know mm. that means you need to go I, yeah. okay <laughs> so i'll see you i'll see you next sunday yeah <laughs> okay good yeah. um i i'm I, I ran 10 miles today oh gross which was nice which is better than last monday when i ran 19 why well, no, not cause... why is
0: that better, but why I just I don't I don't get it. Man. Well, we're
1: getting close to the marathon, right? We're Isn't getting... your
0: long run for a marathon like your long training run usually like I guess nineteen seems about right, but
1: we're we've got a twenty three mile planned. That seems long for a training run. It is borderline long. We've we've done uh, between twenty and twenty one several times, both John and I have, and we decided we wanted to uh, up it a little bit, get a little bit extra time. Um, just because both of us have had experiences where we sort of got glycogen depleted too early in races so we are were just experimenting we're experimenters that's true just like you and me
0: yeah but i would never for any reason <laughs> run 19 21 23 I'm like, you,
1: you know it's not as bad i mean it's just not as bad as you think it's going to no, be no i
0: know it's not i i mean I, I i've run long distances but i just wouldn't do it again for any like in, unless there's a bear chasing me that's gonna what is it's gonna drive me to run in excess of a single mile well
1: bears uh, bears can run a long way too
0: yeah i just don't expect a bear to chase me for a full mile because he's gonna (laughs) catch me before i get to the mile mark
1: andrew how are you doing
0: i'm good um it was it was awesome to have friends over but when when your household doubles in size overnight it can be a little stressful Mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. nice like at we're on that like post vacation with another whole family high and yeah. life is settling back down things are going back to where they belong and it's quiet my my almost five-year-old said i liked having my friends but i like that the house is quiet he gets it oh yeah he gets it yeah, i was like oh it. bro you're yeah <laughs> that's that's what i'm talking about because yeah yeah i like that the house is quiet again and that like i can just go to the couch in my underpants and have any issues with that so well, well
1: you know one and three having a one and three year old in house oh uh, yeah they, they split our age like my my kids ages it was fucking circus it, even if it's just a one and three year old add it to a newborn and a five-year-old like, jeez fuck. it was
0: nuts <laughs> it was so loud all the time and how how long were they there they were here a full they were here six days okay so they flew in on like a saturday afternoon i got home from work and then they got into the driveway before i was even in the house sure and then they left friday
1: night the following friday so. sure yeah. uh and you guys did go to the beach mm-hmm. did, did you like caravan to the beach or did you all like pop into a single no there's no way to fit eight
0: humans into a normal car <laughs> so especially if there's car seats involved so yeah we took we took a pair of cars
1: and uh you rent a vintage volkswagen beetle
0: uh no so they 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 rented a car at the portland airport and they drove down from portland because it's so much cheaper to fly into portland and the flexibility of having your own car when you're traveling is unparalleled. Yeah, that, no, I, I don't love understand it. why people don't get rental cars. All right. I'm, I'm a rental car proponent. So we out, drove out to the coast, and it was beautiful, uh, which was weird. I don't think they got the full Oregon coast experience because it was it was hot. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like sixty degrees, and for the Oregon coast to be sixty degrees is is it's un, almost uncomfortably hot. We did the aquarium. We did the Sea Lion Caves. Did all like the. The Oregon Coast Essentials. There were no sea lions at the sea lion caves, though, were there? There were hundreds. Oh, were there? Yeah, there was probably... Oh, they, they. So when we went in, they said there's 185 sea lions down there right now. And I was like, fuck off. There's not 185 sea lions down there. And you walk down and it sounds it's just this chorus, like this symphony of sea lions singing and barking. And I was like, there's probably four.
1: Yeah. And it was just a field of sea lions. You know, we always mess the timing up. Every time we go, they're out at sea. It, there was
0: so many... I've, I've only been there as a child and now as an adult, and as a kid, I remember being really underwhelmed, and when I walked in this time, it was like walking into a cathedral right. where you could just hear this choir singing. I, I could have sat there for hours, but my my kid was like, Daddy, I got to poop. And I was like, dude, we were just in the bathroom, <laughs> and you have to ride this elevator that takes you 180 or 200 feet or something like that, and then walk up this giant-ass hill, and he's like, it's an emergency and I was like oh, I get, okay get on my shoulders so we ride the elevator up you put but, him
1: on your shoulders that's a terrible no, idea but you got to you got to walk up this hill and oh, i know yeah. he's
0: not going to make it up this hill it's yeah. like a i don't know probably a 50 degree incline right. Right. and it's a quarter mile walk right and so i get him on my shoulders and he's squirming up there i'm like he's going to shit on me <laughs> this is going to happen and we're i'm like jogging up the hill and people walking down are like well, that's weird i look like this like I looked like a huge idiot because like, "What kind yep. of dumbass is going to run up this hill with his kid on his shoulders? Look at you!" <laughs> That's the look I'm getting, jogging up this hill, and I'm up there. I'm sweaty. I'm out of breath, and he sits down, and he, it was not an emergency. Yeah, because <laughs> he's playing on the toilet before he's pooping, and he's like dancing and singing. I'm like, "Bro, see the sweat? Get it out of you! Like th- this is you now. You now you got to hold up here in the bargain." So. But it was a it was a fun trip, and then we came home and we did the week, and I still had to work. But fortunately, I still work days, so sure. Um, you know, I was home in the evenings and just hung out and got some good family time.
1: Love it, yeah, love it. Well, if it's okay, enough we're, of us. We're, we're going to talk about watches today. Let's do it. You, you sure? I'm prepared. You sure? Well, in that case, we've got a guest. We've got a guest on the line. A special guest. A special guest. Every guest is special,
0: but I mean, not to not to take away from you being a special guest, right?
1: No. <laughs> So, uh, we a couple weeks ago, we reached out to Jonathan, or Jonathan reached out to us, I can't remember, uh, but we connected with Jonathan Ferrer of Brew Watches, Ooh, and yeah. uh, and uh, we we begged him to come on the show, and he agreed. And he sent us watches. And he sent us some watches. <laughs> Double victory. Double victory. Jonathan, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing?
1: Uh, we're doing awesome, man. We're doing awesome. Uh, th- thanks for coming on. Thanks for no coming way. on. I-
2: been looking forward to this, you know. These past few weeks, it's like we've been talking about it, but now we finally get to do it. So, and
1: and yeah, here we is. are. We're actually we're actually recording. You know, this uh this happens to us every week. It feels like.
0: Yeah, we're, I just come into Everett's basement. Oh, you guys are and, lucky then. And booze, right. and.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're in New York. So it's a little late for you there. Thank you, by the way.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, it's not a problem.
1: And, and are you in? No, I was looking
2: forward to it. Um, so my office is in Manhattan and I live just on the cusp in New Jersey. So, uh, my commute is just a quick train ride into the city every day.
1: And you wouldn't drive. You, 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 you have to take, you have to take mass transit, right?
2: Take mass transit. Yeah. It's pretty easy though.
0: Cause yeah. crossing the George Washington bridge is expensive.
2: Oh, expensive. And yeah. And a uh, nightmare. You don't yeah. want to, no. yeah, you don't want to do that. So it's no. pretty easy.
0: All right. I was there in 2011 and to it was a $20 toll to cross the bridge.
2: Oh, oh god. Yeah, yeah. I, I never drive over. I don't even know what the it, it's up there still. Yeah,
0: so it, it was absurd. We stayed in Teaneck cuz we just came up for a 4-day weekend while I was living in uh Petersburg, Virginia area and it mm-hmm. was so we drove in for 3 days in a row and I was like, I cannot believe how much money we're paying. Never mind this hotel. Never mind how much we how much we're paying in tolls. It was probably a probably a $200 toll trip. It was absurd. Yeah, yeah.
2: At that point, everybody just takes mass transit and we're used to it. And yeah, I guess everybody just works around that. Um, but I chose to be like located in Manhattan. Of course, I, I live in New Jersey. Um, it just seems to be the hub of like where everybody exists. It's where everybody meets for Red Bar. It's where everybody goes shopping and sharing photos and, and meeting up for coffee. You know, New Jersey is good. You go there, you go to sleep. But, you know, the life is in New York City.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's more people there than in most states in the United States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. How many, and how many people, like, like 7 million in, in New York City at this point, right? I
2: think it's at 9 now. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, my God. That is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You just build, keep building up. If you take out California, it's every state west of the Rockies. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I don't know how many people are in Washington, but it's not close to that. No. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, good shit. Yeah, Good shit. So... So uh, we're here. We're here talking about. Uh, we're here talking about you. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, some of these watches. Y- you you were kind enough to send us loners of uh, of your beautiful Retrograph and Technicolor and your black Mastergraph. So we'll, we're we're gonna talk about those. Um, but for for those of you, for those of us, uh, excuse me, for those of our listeners who maybe are are under with Brew Brew Watches, can you give us just a really brief background uh, on you and your brand, and yeah. and where you're coming yeah. from?
2: So uh, Brew, the, the most interesting part about it was it was never meant to be a brand or business or anything. Actually, it's just kind of like a creative venture that was like a, a side gig. So uh, originally, uh, I studied industrial design in school, uh, product design, and my father. He's a jeweler for Tiffany's. His father, both my great-grandfathers were jewelry designers for Cartier. So I was always surrounded by it growing up. And they always told me, don't ever get into this. It's it's a labor-intensive uh, industry with zero money. Um, you'll be working till the day you die, and you'll never make money. So I was like, okay, well noted. I'll never get into this. Lo and behold, uh, Here you are. junior year of college. Oh, God. Yeah, even before that, in college, I, my first internship was for Movado and that's where i really got bitten most people they know movado as like a a mass market uh brand you see it in every department store um but there's a lot of working pieces behind the scenes that i didn't know until i was interning there that got me really psyched about watches everything from uh, mood boards to what people are interested in to technical drawings to working with manufacturers is like I'm still in school and I'm exposed to all this. This is cool. I want more of this.
0: Oh, from the design aspect, and working for those big ugh. companies would be the dream. Because that's where yeah. all the money is and it's all it's all put into what can we do next? And for a designer, that seems like the that seems like a jackpot. Oh, it was.
1: It was. And, and so you were, were studying
0: really... industrial engineering, right?
1: Uh
2: industrial design. Industrial Similar, design, but okay. exactly. Yeah.
1: And, and so uh, was watches was watches just a natural I mean, you, you get a, a an internship at a company like movado, were, were you were you targeting watches, or was that just something that that came along and it and it seemed like a good fit?
2: Honestly, it came along and it was a good fit. And I said to myself, let's uh, we'll run for this in the short term, and that was less than a year. and and I thought that was it. And then the stars aligned a second time. Um and then my next job was designing fashion watches for like licensed brands, stuff you'd see in like Nordstrom's, Macy's, everything from like Coleman, Jessica Simpson to like Ben Ross, like old licensed brands, super mass market. So again, I was doing what I was doing at Movado, but I was making affordable fashion watches and I was the guy. People come to me and say, Jonathan, here's a project. Here's the brief. You need to design this. You need to present this. Have it made. And communicate with the manufacturers, and make sure everything is bundled up. And then you work with the buyer to make sure it gets sold. I was like, "Well, okay. <laughs> you sure? I'm not. I'm not that experienced, but <laughs> we'll, we'll do this."
0: How much of that was a function of like you were just the one interested in watches versus like kind of your background, like your your upbringing and being around it, and then your internship in Movado, or was it just? I'm curious how you slipped into that that role.
2: That's the perfect way to say I, I slipped into this role because they had a it was a big mass market company that does everything from like clocks, lighting, um like uh goods that you see in Walmart, they like shampoos and like cute stuff for kids. And then they had this department where they designed watches for like Walmart, JC Nordstrom. And they had an opening. They only had one guy, and he was overwhelmed. And they're like, Wait, this guy needs help. Do you know anybody? And I said, well, you know, I worked for Movado once. That leaked through a few people. And then in less than a week, I had that seat next to this guy. And before you know it, I'm designing watches. And you know how it is. If you're not experienced, then you have to learn it very quickly, and you become adept. And, yeah, you're, you're in that role full-time.
1: Uh, uh, that that's crazy and you know is this in this is in new york right yes in a city like new york it feels like you it's not enough to be capable it's not enough to be in the right place at the right time there's got to be just this absolute alignment of the stars as it were and and Mm -hmm. is it fair to say that's what happened
2: oh you, yeah yeah and then it got one stage further of, of exciting and this is where everything turned and snowballed this is where it got extreme walking in manhattan i was with my girlfriend at the time and I passed by a watch store like any one of us you, you, you take a you take a look and then you're in the watch yeah store you can't walk you know. by
0: it that just it has no, this, this no. field that just sucks you in <laughs>
2: <laughs> the gravity pulls you yeah. in and um you know, you're looking at the watches. The owner comes over and says, oh, anything I can help you with? I said, no, no, I love these watches. Small talk led to, oh, you work with watch design? I said, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm working on a few new projects. I'm actually looking for a watch designer. And this is after like a year and a half at the previous role. So, well, I can help you. He goes, I don't have much money, but, you know, I go to visit suppliers overseas. And I go to all these trade shows. And, you know, I, I could basically pay for your flights out there i could take you to basel world if you're interested to help me
0: oh (laughs) that's that sounds okay
2: (laughs) yeah but he was basically saying i can't pay you with money but i can pay you with you know travel and introductions i was like absolutely let's go for this ride you know and that was that And, and i did that for about a year that was it and after that year i was like you know what i i feel like i've set other people up with brands designs, everything that you would need to basically run the show. What if I did something for myself? And that's what Brew was. This was just like a creative like vent. Like what would I do if I had to have my own personality in a watch? What would it be? I'm not going to call it the John Ferrer watch. I'm gonna, what is something that everybody can relate to as well as it's, it's part of like it hit home. it hits home for me. And I was designing all these watches for all these other guys out of cafes. I was designing watches for this guy working for no money at the cafe. I was working for other guys, um, on my lunch out of cafes. And I said, you know what, this is kind of like a a place of peace for people. They enjoy their time here. They have their coffee. It's an escape. What if I could tie a moment, you know, to the watch it's it's poetic. It's, you know, it might be cliche to most, but I think there's something there. Um, and I just kind of ran with it. I never looked back.
0: What's your go-to like top three cafes? Ooh,
2: uh, New York, it's La Colombe. Blue Bottle makes a nice strong coffee if you're in and out. Um, and uh, Stumptown. And I go for different reasons, whether it's like a good tasting coffee or a good location to meet with people. If it has it all, then it's good.
1: Sure. Yeah. We, you know, we know about Stumptown out here. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, they're good. <laughs> of course, you know, Stumptown out yeah, there. Right. <laughs> they're, they're big out there.
1: Well, Stumptown, you know, Stumptown is Portland's this is, Portland's nickname, this is, right? Yeah. Stumptown is uh, a Portland product. So, yeah. I was just wondering. It made
2: made its way out here. What about you
1: guys? Well, uh, what about us? We you know, we I feel like we're we're not the stars of the show. We we're just a couple of knuckleheads that that bought a couple of Blue Yeti's and started hammering away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think he means ca- no. cafes. <laughs> no. I mean, I make all my own coffee these days. I I Do I frequent a lot of drive-throughs cafe coffee shops. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we've got uh here in Eugene, we've got a handful of roasters. And when I say a handful, I mean like three, 30 uh three or four pretty decent roasters. Um there there's one of them in particular, Farmers Union. Shout mm-hmm. out to shout out to to my homies Mark and Thomas, but um who will never listen, just so they know. Thomas has listened. He's he, We've talked about it. I mean, because you played it for him. I'm like, look, <laughs> listen to my voice. It comes <laughs> out of my phone. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, about, uh, you, you know, about, I don't know, five or six years ago, I, I discovered the joys of of roasting via a popcorn popper and so i roast a lot of my own i roast a lot of my own beans uh i no longer use the popcorn popper i do everything in uh in a uh in a porcelain coated cast iron now on a camp stove in the garage uh but yeah i roast i roast a lot of my own coffee there's a couple of roasters that i buy from if i'm not in the mood but uh yeah i I roast my drip and i roast uh espresso from time to time it's all very good yeah yeah you know you
2: share with him too
1: uh, I'm at his house a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, I, I figured out at some point that um, freshness and and bean quality is much more important than an exact roast, uh, th- at least for me, uh, at least for me at some point it was like gosh i can roast this thing with a pretty wide margin and i can even have sort of a melange you know variation within my roast because roasting on cast iron i don't know if you've ever if you've ever had cast iron roast jonathan um but it's very difficult to get a a super even roast you know it's not like a big drum roaster you get you get burned beans and and some you know kind of borderline Quakers, it, it's this very wide range and, and I've found the the quality is totally dependent on the the bean origin mm-hmm. and the brewing method. so I use I use a mocha master for my drip, and we've just nice. picked up recently uh, a, a breville espresso machine, and as long as you sort of lock in your grind, have hot water, you're good to go. That's my take. Yeah, the brevels are supposed to be like really solid machines. E- easy to use, solid. It gets hot enough. Um, yeah. And if you put wild turkey in it. That's right. All its sins are forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Okay, so here you are. And, and, and yes. you know, one of the things I've noticed about some of your early interviews, which we don't need to hash, uh, is that you're presented not as a, as a watch company or a watch designer. Rather, you're presented as sort of an industrial design or, or even a design personality who's sort of uh, dipping his toes or, or goofing around, perhaps, with watches. And then yeah. a, as time has gone on, as time has gone on, it seems like more and more of the the focus w- when it comes to Jonathan Ferrer it is brew watches. It, is that... Um, based on based on sort of your last uh, your last few statements on the subject, it sounds like that wasn't the intent, but is that is that accurate? would you say that's accurate that as this project has become bigger and bigger that it's become sort of the main focus?
2: Yeah, so none of this was planned you know i I like to plan as much as I can. Uh, it was never supposed to be Jonathan Ferrer, the watch designer. Uh, that was never uh, something I would ever put on a signature a business card it was always industrial designer that was my safe that's like if you're a licensed architect you put john smith licensed architect that's like a safe bet you know it's like sure everybody knows what an architect is you say watch designer they go oh well that's unique (laughs) when i first started you know when i first started this i was still i mean i am still young but that was over five years ago and i was in my mid to low 20s and I said, I can't put watch designer. I'll never get a job after this. I never thought I was going to do this so long. I said, if I put myself as watch designer and I want to go design glasses, flatware, tables, furniture, then I'm kind of quartering myself. So I said, I'm going to continue to say Jonathan Freire, industrial designer. So if and when I get out of this, I'll I'll be in a safe uh, set of – a uh, safe label, so to speak. And then it just, I guess when you look at any company, your first year is good, your second, your third, you're, you're kind of developing. It, it's still slow. And then something hooks, something triggers with your audience, with your product, the market, whatever it is, it's a combination of all these things. And then something hits and then it, it spikes. And how you react when that spikes is you can either hold on to it, you know, double down, continue doing it. You can get rid of it. Basically, uh, count your blessings and say we're out of here now. Um, and I said to myself, wow, we're we're in a really good spot right now. I never ever would have imagined that would be good. It's, it's there's there's different levels of that too. There's there's doing okay, hobby level, and then it's just like this is a sustainable business. Oh my God. What, what, what do we do here? This, this was never uh, uh, a thought. Um, and then when I, it came to that point about a year and a half ago, I had to make the commitment and say to myself, well, you know, you're at that age now and you're at that point with your audience that, not even age, you're, you're at that point with the company that make the decision, do you want to be with this forever? And it was, it was a grand decision. I said, I'm not looking back. I, I, I love this. And I've done projects in the past where I get tired and I'm, I can't wait to move on. But this bit me in a way that I can't stop thinking about. You know what they say? You go to sleep, you're, you're, your mind is turning. Right. Oh, it's a terrible thing. And this is, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's, you know, people use the word passion too much, but it's, I wake up so many times and I write so many notes on my phone because I have all <laughs> these ideas, but the, I will never be in a similar position like this where I can make all these ideas real and I can share this with the people I know. And it's like an artist that has an audience that's interested to see his artwork in a gallery. And it there's there's nothing more true than people that take the action and purchase, wear it, share it. It's like oh, this is it's a beautiful thing and the stars have aligned. And I always tell people, I'm like it could flop tomorrow. It could all, you know, I'm enjoying every single day just in case. Yeah. Um but, you know, it's it's been good and I'm still taking the ride.
0: I I think one of the big grabs for me was that your 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 the 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 retrograph, at just standing alone is a really well-designed really eye-catching really attractive watch but one of my favorite parts was just this like little tiny quirk in the espresso timer that's super subtle but it's like a it, it's it's the perfect collision of a novelty watch and a really well-designed, really attractive watch, because it's got to just that little touch of personality without being a, a novelty watch. I mean, I, I don't see Disney characters on the dial, right? But I see, I see something that when I'm looking for it, I know it's there, and I like that. Like al- almost like every time I look at it, you're winking at me, and I really <laughs> dig that. You, you yeah. know I, I, I asked was you, thinking about that yeah yeah just winking at me just at Andrew yes
1: I, I asked Go you ahead. a question <laughs> well yeah no I we're gonna let you talk because your your uh your smirk is is good right now but uh you know I had asked you at some point I I think hey is is the is the espresso timer tongue in cheek because it, it it occurs to me that it, it's a little bit and. and uh, I th- I'll say I'll say in advance. I think your answer to this was no. It's not tongue in cheek. It's dead serious. Uh, but I'm sure you said it with a smile on your face, which is not to say your tongue was in your cheek. Uh, but but what I said you know it seems to me like it could be interpreted, and I and I think this would be a positive interpretation uh, as a little bit of a middle finger to. Uh, the idea that you know we have decompression uh timers on our watches, and we have these really very silly complications yeah. uh that we love and and we treasure right uh a, a world time complication perhaps or uh you know like i said a, a, dual a, calendars that 's right we we 've got these um complications that don 't make any sense for for the average uh slide
0: rules that no one knows how to use (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh and so and so it it occurs to me that there's a thing happening here but but in your own words i I mean could you sort of could you sort of tackle the idea of it what what are you trying to do here and 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 with that said it's not a complicated idea necessarily um but 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 in your own words i'd love to hear about how how this developed how you got here what the uh what your motivation was to do an espresso timer.
2: So um, like like any design, you you do your research and you're you're looking for like a void where you can fill it with your own personal touch. (laughs) And for this little moment, I have to give credit to this coffee director in New York City where um, I, I was very direct with him. We were always shooting together. He would wear my watches making espressos and I was taking photos of him wearing the watches. And while I was talking to him, I said, you know... This is great and all, but I feel like I had that epiphany where I, I want to make a product that helps people. You know, I'm, I'm not serving a greater purpose by making watches. We have watches out there. I go, is there anything I could do that would help people and would be on brand? He goes, as he's making a shot. He goes, well, why not? And he's Australian. Why not make a, a, a shot timer? I use those all the time, but we have these shitty. Uh, i can, sorry, I can say we have these shitty uh, digital ones on the machines, and they work like crap. <laughs> I go really. He goes, you know, it might be novel. It's up to you, but and he was actually pushing for an alarm one. He said if you made one of those, I'd be using it every single day. He goes, when you're a barista, you make it. You walk around. You're doing something else. It's very busy. It's very chaotic. He says if you could make that, it'd be a tool that everybody could use. And he was actually saying you could license it to a, a coffee company, and you could you could do so well. I said, huh? And so I didn't take it too literal by by doing an alarm and and marking it to a coffee company i said um, to myself what do i want to do what's my design aesthetic that i'd want to have and i'm really keen on uh, vintage watches the kind that you imagine 50 years from now uh, you open grandpa's chest of watches, right? And you see all these round watches in there and they're really, you know, they're all your little Timexes, and they're fine. Sure. But then there's these odd, unique, strange pieces. And those are the ones that always catch your eye. And I said to myself, if I develop one of those unique pieces where you open up the box and you see it and you're like, that's the one you reach for. That's grandpa's watch that I want to take and wear and keep forever. The rest kind of, you know, they sit in a box and they get sold at a garage sale later. I wanted that, you know that. that I want that old Instacar car watch.
1: with the plastic bezel or whatever. Yes, right,
2: exactly. Whether it's the colors, the shape of the watch, there's there's something in it that's unique. It that stands apart. Not it's not being obnoxious just to be obnoxious, but it's different for the right reasons. Right, and that's what that little wink is. That's yeah. you know it's his idea with that wink in there.
0: Because that's all it is. I mean, it it's in the but between the six and the seven, you got a, a, just a. Just a slightly different color in your second track, and every time I see it, I'm like, oh, he's winking at me. he's, yeah. he, he's saying something <laughs> here, and I dig it. Yeah, we, I, it prompted it. me to look up the, the perfect espresso pole.
1: Well, so and and I but will you know say I yeah. will say 25 to 30 has always been in my mind. We're, we're, so 30, but you've gone 30 to 35. What, what what do you what what's the what's the motivation there?
2: Well, originally I asked, him, I said, "What's the time?" He said, "25 to 35." Okay. And I felt personally it was a little too heavy on the bottom, so I went to one side.
1: You you okay. like a nice bitter shot as opposed to, yeah, I, I dig <laughs>
0: overextracted. <laughs> I I can dig it. I
1: just I love it. It's it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. So okay, well, on that note, can we talk a little bit about about where you've come from? You, you know, uh, I I will say. War and wound from the beginning I, I kind of want to talk about this too but but we'll come back to it but Warner wound uh, and you have had a really good relationship from the beginning and you can tell that because when you go to warround and, and you look at the brew watches tag they've got sort of write-ups of every iteration at this point I mean literally I think every iteration of brew watches um you, you know all of your releases a- and maybe we can get back to that relationship because I think it's interesting uh, but but why don't you walk us through sort of the evolution, going from your very first brew watch, that beautiful but big, big, mm-hmm. <laughs> giant, borderline giant, uh, um, but but still very elegant piece, to what it seems like is maybe a more um, streamlined design language now. You know, which is normal, right? A company starts off and you and you have ideas and you play with things, um, yeah. Can you walk us through the evolution? And, and it doesn't have to necessarily be piece by piece, but where you've gone and and how you've gotten to where you are now, I think with a pretty, a pretty copacetic design language.
2: Yeah, yeah, the evolution. And um, there's a lot that goes with the evolution with a, a small brand. So, you know, investment is super heavy on every production. And on the first one, I said to myself, I really wanted even the shape. So the shape was unique because uh, when I was working at that mass market, you know, JCPenney, walmart brand i learned something unique from the guy next to me and he said if you do a watch make sure that your silhouette your form something is distinctive enough that people will recognize your dna in the long term and you know rolex are rolex you know a reverso for jlc you know, what will be your factor that people acknowledge and recognize so i said okay so i don't want to just do uh, another round watch. So I actually went square. I went retro, but I went too large on the first watch. That was over uh, 43 millimeters. That's right. Pretty big. What was I thinking? <laughs> so it was, it was. Um, but I'll tell you, I learned a lot from that. So would I ever produce another 43 millimeter watch? Never. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, 43 millimeters
0: large. at a round watch seems appropriate, right? Yeah, it's on the large watches, size. So. But you for squared a square off, watch off, and now woo! you're in Monaco.
1: Yeah, Monaco exactly. size. Exactly.
2: It has more surface area on the wrist, so it it feels larger than actually it is. And so I learned from that. I said, um, okay, it did well. It was too large. People tell me that they wear it, but they also say it's too large. So then I did my next square and round watch. Um, And it did okay, but everybody always asked, what happened to that square watch? I loved it. It was a little too large. If you made that smaller, I I would be all about it. I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, eventually, I, I did this, the retrograph. Going back, it was kind of harping to my very first watch, but chiseling at it in a way that was smaller, uh, thinner, and I would say better balance with, with sure. the layout, the numbers. So it was kind of like uh, lesson learned, you know. Sure. Don't make it so large, um, have the chronograph laid out well. And I guess it was just chiseled to the, the factor that everybody wanted and it was still different enough. How can I say I've, I've become the square guy. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, a little I, bit. I right. Can't escape it. Yeah. Um, but I'll get people that always say like, this looks like a Monaco and I go, Oh, sir. You know, I, 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 I get that a lot
0: <laughs> because people then, only know Monaco as square watches. Like that that's square watches are so few and far between.
2: But you know, what's good about that Um, as a designer, the the biggest thing when you want to make a product that sells well is it has to be two parts. It has to be one part familiar and then one part unique. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: The fact that they're familiar and comfortable with it is like, okay, they'll put this on their wrist. They'll wear it because to be honest, square watches are not highly sellable because they're far from the conservative route. You know, Mm -hmm. So, okay, they're, they're comfortable. But then it's unique in that I have my whole coffee factor in there. Um, it's an original design. Everything is, like, specced out to, to my design. And, and it's to my branding. So it's the way I, I play with my, my photographs and the way I play with the designs and showcase it. So it's, like, it's the perfect balance. It's the perfect size. The price point is, like... It's, it's very, it's more than fair on the price point, super accessible, super
1: accessible price point, right?
2: Yeah. And it's coming from like one guy. It's not like you're, 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 you're getting this from some big corporation. That's just stamping these out by the millions. So it's like all these wonderful factors that if you know, you can appreciate it. And, um, I think I'm at the right time as a a micro brand where people appreciate it. Mm -hmm. They see the price and they're like, wow, that's, that's fair. Um, and then they understand the person behind it that is like more honest about, uh, designing and sharing something that's, you know, not made in the millions. Um, and, and like to your questions, even, um, they think about these things, they go, Oh, brew, is that, is that for beer? I go, no, it's not served, but it can be if you want it to be. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, if you can it, chug it's, that beer. It's playful. And, yeah. You, you know, I can only you know, it, think of two of two other brands, uh, and and I've got them in my head right now. But I can only think of two other micro-brand or watch brands that are so closely associated to to the person behind the brand. One of those is MK Two, and the other one is oh yeah, Bill. It, 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 that's right, Bill Yao, and the other one is is Halios, right? Where people almost say yes. Halios, Jason Lim, like as one as yes. one phrase, right? <laughs> you you don't you don't separate them. Uh, I think that those are the only other two brands that I can think. Maybe is and to mean, a certain regard, Chris Ward. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, but Christopher <laughs> Ward, right, There's a totally different deal, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that your. Like
2: he's huge,
1: yeah. Who you are has become as much a part of your brand as as just about any other brand I can think of, and that I think is a I think that's a compliment. Um, that it's you know John John Ferrer, am I? I, I said it wrong the first time. Say your oh, it's name. That's okay, uh, Ferrer. Ferrer, okay. okay. Uh, I I think that that's I think that's a tremendous compliment. Can we talk about one watch that you glossed over? You you just sort of moved past it. Uh, you, you're. Um, i I want to talk a little bit about your cafe collection
2: oh yes we could definitely talk about that i I try not to talk about it because uh (laughs) whenever i talk about it they go what can i have and i go oh no
1: (laughs) so so tell tell us about the cafe collection because that's that that watch is much different than i I mean it's on one hand much different than any other anything else in your collection but on the other hand it's very similar right you've still got the you've got your 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 main color themes that are coming through you've got you know the fonts that are coming through i, I mean the design is very in line with what with the other items but uh, it's also so different so but different. so
0: familiar like you, you 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 hit that right on the head you can see that industrial design background and it's something that you're like oh i know this but it but, but it's so different and i really like it
1: so, so so what what's the deal what's the deal with cafe collection what Where did that come from? Where do you go with that to the extent you go anywhere with it? Because maybe you don't.
2: So that was supposed to be my everyday pickup watch where anyone can pick this up purchase wise. But that was my poetic story, too. So it was on the brand. It was all about like the coffee ripples. It was about that one drop. It hits the coffee cup and it just ripples out from the sub Yeah. So on brand, 100 percent. But then uh, and it had the two piece case, just like my very first design I did. Um, where the top half of the case and the bottom half split to two pieces and plated two different colors. I said, well, that that's also nice to harp at my very first uh, original collection. And I wanted to keep the size slim and small that anybody could pick it up and wear it. But um, I would say that one didn't do well. Like It sold a lot, but I had to pull the plug because it seemed like it didn't know what it was. It was... It had an identity crisis. It, was, it didn't know if it was small, unisex ladies' watch. It didn't know if it was um, supposed to be a mechanical hand-wound, a quartz watch. I think it had a, a little bit of a crisis on its price point. So sometimes I, I have an idea, I run with it very quickly, and then I don't think everything through. And that was just like an emotional design. I mean, I still have my prototypes. I'll hold on to them forever and maybe I can revisit it. Um, but I don't think people were ready for it just yet.
1: That's fair. That's fair. You know, we've talked to a lot of other micro brands and we talk about, you know, w- one of the questions that comes up s- sometimes indirectly, sometimes more directly is w- when is a dress watch in your future? You know, and-, and it seems like that's a really, really difficult segment, especially for micro brands to try to dip into it. And I don't know if that's utility. Or I think
0: I think it's purely a business decision. Yeah, I think dress watches will forever and always be cornered by large brands because micro brands have this really interesting uh, opposition to n- other boutiques in in other industries. What What do you mean by that? I don't know how you're, I'm going to explain it because so so the, so the the opposition <laughs> is that in in boutique watches or micro brand watches. They're typically more affordable you I, I I feel like there are more affordable options in the boutique realm in the way of cool things right in, certainly in terms of
1: what you get what yeah. you get for your dollar
0: but when you go into other boutiques in other industries, that's when you're paying double triple quadruple the price and i I just I think that's really interesting in the watch world where we have independent designers who are making super cool products who are making some of the most affordable super cool products on the market where in other industries say fashion or cars or what whatever the fuck you want you want to buy you're you're looking at paying
1: exponentially more
0: sure from an independent designer and production sure and i, I just i think you want really handmade
1: shoes yeah give me nine hundred dollars
0: yeah and they're gonna look just like Converse. Right. They're probably <laughs> like the, the only difference is that it's a it's a it's an overweight white dude making it versus like a child.
1: <laughs> we're we're up, we're off track. And no, no. I mean, I, I I think that's a
0: that that's that's kind of. I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, we I, got I, time. I, let's touch it. Let's let's go that route just briefly.
1: And sure. what your thought your thoughts on that are? Yeah. So so I guess then uh, then maybe maybe to sort of. Put put that in question put that in uh give it some context give yeah. the questions some context um w- w- with the context of why you struggle with the cafe collection um how do you how do you get into some of these harder to reach segments uh, perhaps like and and why is it the micro maybe struggle with that
2: uh, i'll tell you one piece of advice that was given to me that i'll hold forever and, and it definitely changed uh my confidence with designing. Uh, I talked to Max Booser from MBNF. Sure. And I asked him one question. I said, uh, What part of your designs are like user feedback and like statistics versus your personal passion of just what you want to do? Of course, he smirks at me. He pauses and he says, It's all 100%. I go, Okay. 100% what? 100% he goes, it's both. 100% yeah. of my personal passion. Yeah, right. He goes, It's my personal passion because if I, if I, the one time I deliver something that people can predict and see coming, or if I deliver that uh, product that's conservative that they could pick up somewhere else, then I lose. I flop. I'm done. Sure. He goes. Which is maybe
1: more true people, for MBNF than than any other oh, company yes. on the face of the earth,
2: right? A very, a super dramatic example. But that made me think. I said, that's true. People are, are buying brew watches for, for my design, for my thoughts, my, my touch. If I give them something that they want, let's just say people, what, what bothers me sometimes these new brands, that come out, they, they have a questionnaire. What are you looking for? What size, what movement, what color? I'm like, well, then it's not your brand. Yeah. What the fuck you're, is the point? That's a, well, yeah, they design the watch. If you're good at what you do, do your job in a way that's creative and exciting that people, you know, want to wear and share, you know, from the owner, the designer, the, the people not not um, some user feedback. Watch.
0: Are, are you letting so market trends influence your design process? Because because we're we're not getting short necessarily, but I want to start moving into what's what's brew going to in the future. Sure. So are you letting yeah, yeah. trends in the market? How much are you letting trends in the market influence your decision making process?
2: So everything always gets considered. There's always a balance of what we'll sell at the end of the day there's a business and you have to if you're going to run with this you have to run with it smart um but if i know my watches my audience is comfortable spending let's just say under 500 dollars, it wouldn't be wise to make an, a very expensive watch in the thousand dollar range unless Uh-oh. i did what i did recently and you know i have a couple sleepless sleepless nights and i said you know what if what if i made a down payment on these expensive movements and what if i use some exotic material I would like to go out in a, in a bang, you know, like so sometimes <laughs> I don't I don't listen to like the, the wise business uh, part of me. And I, I just do what I would be excited for, because if I'm not excited and I would want to buy it, then what? how the hell am I going to share this with other people? You know, mm-hmm. so if I make a plain Jane watch, that's not worth doing. Mm-hmm. I could go back and work for somebody else doing that and, and make safe money. So I said, all right, if we're going to do this, we're going to go with that whole max booster mentality. And and I can't go with the mentality, if I make it, they will come. But my mentality is, if I am excited and I enjoy it, well, you know, I'm going to run with it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So that That's what I'm doing. So, yeah, market feedback and all that, I'm aware of all of it. I, I know the numbers, like, pretty darn good. Um, but does that adjust the way I, I think with my designs and what i execute no in the end I'm, I'm just gonna run with it on my own
0: so you're gonna make a dress watch then
2: <laughs> the next one yeah oh the next one oh, the next one's cool the next one's cool. no hints it's gonna be pricier no right, i'll tell you so the next one's gonna be pricier uh it's it's gonna look like it uh, a beautiful cousin of the retrograph um I mean,
0: she's she's Pretty attractive as a stance, so I cannot wait to see this cousin. <laughs> um, so, but the
2: the the balance is, I wouldn't want to replicate just another variation of something that exists. That that doesn't excite me. So, what would be exciting about it? So, the variation on the size, possible bracelet, custom from scratch, uh, the dial. So, the dial. I'm working on this beautiful sandwich dial, three layers. Ah, Oof. very all right. All right. Hey, it's, a little, it's a little complicated. Uh, still in prototyping phase. We, um, we hear you. And, We're listening. And and a movement that I had uh, make a down payment on like eight months ago. <laughs> oh, uh, so
0: are you doing so that stuff? Are you doing mesh bracelet? Maybe because I feel like mesh. Would no, do.
2: no mesh is cool. I like mesh. I'm I'm a fan of mesh. The, depending on the the watch, uh, but no, not not a mesh bracelet. Okay. So this, this is a bracelet I'm making from scratch. So uh, you'll see soon. <laughs> All right, I'm hoping to have it ready uh, by the fall of this year.
0: Ooh so Uh, so when are we going to start seeing some teaser pictures then so fall was when you'll see some teasers like you're going to wait till a full prototype is is
2: yeah okay so i get the prototypes and everything complete in like a month and then i would say you know if everything looks good i'll I'll photograph it so i'll start teasing like three months i I could say safely three months safe
0: safe Here's, here's your here's your real teaser this isn't even just the tip teaser right now it's like
1: just from across the bar teaser right right Right. well (laughs) well we hope we hope we hope that we're on your potential circulation list when you when you start pumping stuff out um so so we'll talk a little bit about about both the master graph master graph is sort of the most recent you know i think what january you you really had these in stock and ready to go so this is a fairly new watch to your collection you announced it i think what october november of 19 i, I was going to say i feel like it's been around a lot longer than january but... well and and what you yeah you... like november of last year yeah yeah and, and so now and so now these are available they're in stock you can find them you can buy them uh retrographs have been sold out for some time but i understand <sighs> based on our prior conversations that you've got new stock coming in on on the technicolor the copper, all the colors, right? You're you're gonna do another run? No, round.
2: not not the copper yet. Uh, I kept those limited. So the the new batch I have coming are cobalt blue, uh, technicolor, and the Remington black.
0: Okay. What are you seeing your best yeah. movement in? Because I would uh, feel like move, just just me, I would feel like the copper is gonna be the the knockout. He says no more copper. He says no more copper. It's
2: crazy. No, you know, because everyone it, loved it, it so crazy. much.
0: Let's keep it limited. The
2: minute I say it's sold out and I'm not making any more people's ears go up higher than ever uh,
0: before. Uh, I, 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 I was gonna buy up, one
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 so that's the that's the mentality so you can never hit the nail on the head um all the time with uh, the production numbers but um yeah people the minute I said oh sorry I'm not doing any more coppers that's when really there, there's this rarity that comes with it sure so I said all right yeah now but it's I'm not gonna jump the gun and change my mind just because you know, X amount of people said that yeah, so eight I'm going to go with my gut. I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh no. But yeah, some people, you know, it's good to listen to your audiences, but yeah, they, they shouldn't steer your company and in, in the business decisions right. that you make. Not, not that dramatic.
1: You, you know, Chris Vale from Watches has talked about this at length on the forums. He's, 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 he's just oh, such a wonderful personality because of the amount of feedback he gives to people, and he's sort of no nonsense. And I think he doesn't he he doesn't uh, he he doesn't take any any liberties with. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Right? He's just going to tell you. But he's talked about that a lot. Right? People always say, "Well, why don't you make more of this? Or why don't you make more of that?" And he's like, "Because I don't a." I don't want to. And B, if Y'all you really wanted one, it. you would have bought it when it was available for two months on my fucking website. So don't give me that yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh yeah. It, go go to go to Chrono 24 and, and pick one up or watch Recon and pick one up, <laughs> you know. Um I, I think that I think that that's that's a a really important point, right? These brands, um, whether that's brew watches or nth watches or whoever are not beholden to the whims of, of Instagram, right? You've got to make the watches that you want to make, and you've got to make the watches that that are are actually going to be a sound business decision. So, um, <clears throat> I, I will say I I want to say one thing before we sort of before we sort of shift, okay. Um, which is that I um, when we started talking, I said, "Gosh, you know, uh, John, I really want to see the retrograph because on 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 digital paper." The Retrograph is the one that calls out to me, and um mm-hmm. but I'm also interested in seeing the Mastergraph. But mm, Mastergraph, mm, eh. you know, I was I was kind <laughs> of uh I don't want to disparage it at all, but but my initial reaction was I don't know if I'm gonna love the Mastergraph because it, it's sort of I don't know I, I wasn't as excited, you know, that Technicolor Retrograph. I was like, this is the watch I have. No, we have both the black master graph and the technicolor retrograph and and they're both just really fun pieces and they've both been fun to wear but i find myself gravitating much more heavily to to the master graph is there um some things that happened in between the design of those two where you were picking up on on design cues or, or 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 developing or was there an evolution where do you where do we get that the difference i find the master graph to be such a joy to wear which is not to say the retrograph isn't but i i picked the two up and i'm like gosh this master master graph i want this on my wrist right now um what happened there and 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 is that something that that is is in flux or or where do you go from there
2: yeah so from every model i i try to get better and i try to evolve it right so with the retrograph that was from the original guy so i tailored it down the size the movement the balance of the index that was my evolution. Now, to the master graph, I said to myself, well, if the retrograph was good, what would I want to change? And I asked myself, and I said, I want more dimension, but not a dimension where you have index markers that are like an Invicta coming through the glass. I want, um, who does good dimension? And <clears throat> reference-wise, you look at Grand Seikos. Grand Seikos, they're beautiful because the index markers are, are highly faceted. Mm-hmm. Um, they catch the light but it's not screaming um, depth, you know, it it gives good balanced dimension. So I said, okay, um, that's a good reference. I have some old vintage watches that have that similar uh, design. And I also want the side profile to not be completely leveled off square. What if I was able to create more of a bowed out effect? So when you look at the profile from every side, it has a unique, profile that curves mm-hmm. whereas on the retrograph it's unique it's square but square on all angles so i'm basically trying to chisel down every model some in, in a way that's more i don't even say luxury but um more elegant complex, elegant yes yes and, and and staging up and so if you look at the profile on each watch the side profile on, on the master graph is a little more complex Sure. And even more difficult to finish so that was one part um, the three dimension of the hand applied index markers was another point um, adding the super high loom on the master graph uh, was another point but I couldn't have done that because uh, on the retrograph it was all pad printing mm-hmm. and I think it works so well because if I had applied markers on it would be too thick too busy um, the retrograph is already a busy watch yeah. But it doesn't read that way. It, it's actually just right. If you had to ask me, I'd say, you know, it's it's cooked just right. Take it out now. A minute longer <laughs> or a minute shorter, it would be under or overcooked. So just right.
1: You're at risk of being that kid who keeps adding shit to his to his drawing, right?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're you're right. You are right. It is a busy dial. It is a busy dial. There's a lot going on. You, you know, the loom plots in the in those printed markers. Uh, there's just a lot going on but on balance Mm -hmm. on balance it's like oh this is so simple this is so simple and then you get close it's like holy (laughs) crap there's a lot going on there oh super simple a lot simple
0: just just for you guys who can't see whatever it's doing (laughs) he's just he's just adjusting the distance (laughs) from the watch or of the watch from his eyeball to arm's length
1: so John, we're gonna we're gonna sort of shift away here. We we could talk to you for hours, I think, because you you've got such a unique uh, perspective on design and and what you're doing with the watches. I, I'd love to give you maybe uh, maybe thirty seconds, a minute and a half. Fuck, take ten if you want. But can you uh, anything else you want to sort of talk about? Wrap on um, about the watches, about your process, about the design, about what's coming up.
2: Um you know, I, I would say because it is such a personal product, um, think of it this way. Uh, this is a strange analogy. If you have to write a special card to somebody on a holiday or Christmas or Valentine's day, whatever it is for you, you want to write that card in the best mood possible, right? You want to write that card when you're feeling very passionate about that person, that, that moment and that significant event. So when I'm designing watches um, and I have an audience that's backing my product not just buying it but wearing it and sharing it and saying like john i freaking love this thing it is the coolest thing ever but you know maybe you could change this or that whatever it is um i'll tell you that stuff psychs us up you know whether it's me or or uh bill yao or um uh, jason from helios hearing from folks that they enjoy the product uh, the other day i had somebody email me from san francisco telling me he enjoyed his watch so much he's going through some times but You know, this really boosted his mood. You know, you can make money here and there for the rest of your life, but when you get these boosts uh, from people, they're not telling you how to design your watch, they're just telling you that they appreciate it. That goes into your watches indirectly, whether you know it or not, that puts you into a mindset of, wow, people are really enjoying what I'm doing. Um, It's reinforcing that factor of, I'm gonna continue to do what I want, um, even more so in the next collection. That's why I'm also spending way too much money on my next collection. Um, but <laughs> because it, it, it's, it's building up the confidence, like people enjoy my artwork. I will continue to paint the way I want to. People are wearing this and they're sharing it. it I'll tell you, it has a, a real mental effect on uh, the creator and, and and doing the tasks, even like taking the photographs. Like if people tell me that they, they enjoy their watch, I want ham taking tons of photos of the uh, the watches and like, no, he enjoys it. I'm going to share like. It, it, it it's it's a very uh, i don't I don't know if people realize how direct to the the creator they are mm-hmm. and it influences the entire ecosystem of that brand
1: you you, you know I, I we totally we actually i think maybe more than some of the people listening we totally understand the idea that that you're you're discussing, you know, the same thing happens to us, right? Yeah. Where we think a lot about, you know, what are we doing with this? What are we doing with this project? Um, how how do we need to to change? You know, I've in fact just really very recently have talked to another number of sort of creators uh, about this thing because we we agonize, right? We agonize about. It, it seems like such a silly thing to agonize, but the thing. That the thing that feeds this project, the 40 and 20 project, to the extent that's what it is, uh, more than anything, is just hearing from people like, this is so fun to listen to. Or, you know, we we love what you guys are doing. So when you say that, I connect to that the, on a very, like, significant and fundamental level. Fully,
0: the, the two strangest things I've ever heard related to this project that we're working on is, number one was last week i had my friend who was in town he sat in your massage chair and he just drank beer and listened to it And he's like i just figured i was gonna read the news the whole time but i like listened to what you guys had to say and he doesn't give a shit about watches he does not care but he he enjoyed what we were doing and when you put out the the poll of like hey what what questions do you want us to answer because we decided to do a Q and a mostly because we were lazy but or cuz i was lazy but one of the one of the people who who sent in a response was do less interviews because i like listening to you guys and that just like i was like what we're doing it right like this is a thing that it it the validation that comes along with the people you're reaching out to responding to it in a positive way is such an encourager and and like i've said it's something that we can so directly relate to and we're not producing the same product by any means but that
1: that consumer feedback is what will keep us going even if it's not even if it's not suggestive right which I think is what you're saying you're you're not suggesting anything you're just saying this is awesome uh and that's that really feeds the product
2: right And I think going in with no expectations, of course, you always want to do your best and share it in an honest way. But having no expectations kind of leads to a a better outcome, because if you're doing this on a a standardized, you know, we have to have X amount of listeners and we need to have positive feedback through the months, then then you're going to upset yourselves. And and this has to be organic and it has to, um, you know, you have to pave your own way and it takes so much time sometimes having these these tight goals it, it, it ruins the, the creative process. It's, it seems like you guys go with such an authentic uh, you're flowing like a river right and, and, and people <laughs> feel that they're driving with it. they like your character, they're here for you. you know they're not here from for some scripted orchestrated um, uh, textbook uh, podcast. you know they have a m- countless infinite amount of choices but they they choose to be here with you and spend their time with you like that is these people could be anywhere else that's a special thing and that's that's the
0: same with what you've got going on man there are thousands millions even of watches in the market at at this price point and people are still buying brew and there's a reason for it keep it up
1: it's a it's a beer watch right yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, tonight, <laughs> tonight <laughs> it's a Canadian whiskey watch. <laughs> so this is the time of the show, John, uh, and I know you've I know you've listened to the show a few times, but this is the time of the show uh, where we talk about other things. So oftentimes, but not always, oftentimes our guests also have another thing that they want to talk about. We didn't we didn't talk about this before the we show. Forgot so, to warn you. So you may not have anything, but I know Andrew has something. I know I have something, which gives you probably at least seven minutes. Or, or so, Andrew's holding a shoe. Just a shoe. Today, it, my other thing it, oh, Hold is on, a shoe. hold on, hold
0: on. Oh, shit. Hold on, Andrew. Other things go. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everett and I have another thing. <laughs> what What is it? It's a shoe. Yeah, It is a shoe. You're holding a- <laughs> it. shoe. So, I re- recently purchased a pair of Solomon Speed Speedcross 4 uh, trail running shoes. Well, shit. And so, I got them at at Cabela's because they were 70 money off of a hundred. And I've been looking at these shoes. So what I've been looking for is a pair of uh, like kind of Solomon or Merrill or I don't know what I stepped on uh, of that ilk uh, trail running shoes. Cause I want a pair of shoes that I can wear that are a little bit sturdy, but that aren't quite like running shoes, but they're not quite boots. Cause I'm also like, I love wearing Romeos, but I, I don't like the weight of Romeo's. These shoes are so incredibly comfortable. They are breathable. They're not exactly waterproof. So don't run through puddles because your tootsies are going to get wet and that happens. They're not Gore-Tex line, but Gore-Tex line shoes get hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for in no in and for a, a mild wetness weather, these speed cross fours are absolutely money my feet don't get sweaty that's that's the really what i want to talk about is And that,
1: and solomon is paying us a lot too so that's yeah we're that's we're getting a getting nice paid. pickup
0: the, so it was weird to get accustomed to the speed lace functionality yeah, it's they're like the, a they're sort
1: the, of a boa almost yeah
0: they're like the pull tab yeah. Uh, laces. It was weird to get used to those. I had to figure out how to store the the tab, so I didn't feel like I was wearing spurs Correct. when I was walking. There, bouncing around <laughs> my feet. And I'm, as a guy who has worn spurs in his life, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm aware of that.
1: Professionally, you've professionally Yeah, worn as spurs. as a, as a, a one of the few people in the I, united I, states that is professionally worn every spurs. friday
0: stetson and spurs it was america <laughs> man there there's there's nothing better than going to a bar wearing a stetson and spurs and just boozing when you know you're supposed to be working sounds awesome it's america <laughs> uh but, so back to the speed cross force they're super comfortable they're super light the only thing that was a little bit weird is that the tread on them yeah those you, are some heavy lugs i mean they're they're trail running shoes but Wearing them on asphalt, Mm. you you feel like Spider Man. You're just like, oh right, and and sticking to it. But if you're if you're in the in the market for some versatile, uh, lightweight, kind of hiking, kind of running, kind of casual wear shoes, definitely check these out. I dig them. I've worn them a bunch over like I I bought them and I've worn them every day just to kind of break them in. There was no break in period. You got to wear proper like. If you're gonna wear socks, you can't wear no shows because they're gonna they're gonna rub and it's gonna not be great. Sure, but if you just wear you know some ankle socks, I'm wearing some Under or compression shocks, compression socks with them. Shocks, yeah, or compression shocks. Super comfortable, super breathable.
2: Any hiking planned coming up?
0: uh I, so I'm gonna wear these this summer on my scouting trips mm-hmm. when I when I go do some. uh I, I hunt about. Uh, about 200 miles away that's where i do the bulk of my hunting uh so that's my my plan that's for what about, i figured they were june july summer is, scouting shoes yeah is is to just go out and do some do some backcountry romping around in them
1: you, you know we've got a uh fishing trip planned this summer too probably about a three-day trip planned yep. with maybe 15 to 25 depending on on how ambitious we get miles of hiking and those will be perfect for that yeah
0: that's exactly and i'm i might i'll just wear these and and like river shorts and yeah probably fishing them too yeah that's
1: right that's right yeah. uh so i've got another thing do me i've got another thing so i finished i finished a book this week this is the newest book Ooh, the stephen king uh, that's right uh the newest book by stephen king called the institute and uh I am uh I am a constant reader as it were if you read Stephen King you you'll know the the reference uh I am the constant reader uh but <clears throat> Stephen King you know has written some of the greatest novels of the 20th century uh or perhaps even the 21st century depending on um depending on on what you what you're into but this book called the Institute King's latest book, I think, is one of his top maybe 10 books of all time. Did you get it hard or digital? Uh, I got it digital because I read almost everything digital these days. Uh, And it was so good. So good. I I mean, I could not not put it down. There was multiple like 2.30, 3 o'clock nights when I knew I had to be up in the morning. All day today, I just sort of ignored my family while I finished this thing. America. Um, you know, I read it in about four days. I think it's not a short book. It's not a particularly long. It's not like the stand or something. But uh, I read it in about four days. You, you know, while working full time and and being a, a member of and, a family. With well, a, an absent father. You know. Absent <laughs> father. <laughs> <laughs> Super good. You guys, if you read it all, if you read it all, a please consider reading Stephen King if you haven't done so because uh, you know. I think people get the wrong idea about Stephen King. You know, Stephen King is one of those uh, artists. It's like Wild Turkey, right? We talk about Wild Turkey. I think people get this idea that Stephen King is just a phenomenal storyteller. He is. The best storyteller on earth, without a doubt, in my mind, it's him. It's him. He gives me nightmares, though. Well, this book won't give you nightmares. Uh, because it's not scary in the way people think of scary. But no, no, it no. Is...
0: thrillers give me nightmares. I guess stress dreams. I wake yeah. up looking like I peed in the bed.
1: Yeah, this I mean, this could potentially do that because it's stressful and and but fantastic. Wonderful, really good. Uh I'll I'll also throw uh just an honorable mention. The tonight, tonight is Sunday. Yes. Tonight Westworld season three, episode one debuted. So I have yet to finish the episode because you came over in the middle of it. However... I came over five minutes in and I
0: saw the timer that Kim paused.
1: <laughs> so, Westworld Season 3, Episode 1. Uh, more to come next week. John, other thing, go. Um,
2: more recently, been a motorcycle. Motorcycle's Uh-oh. been like my my other way of kind of like release. That was my energy release. So... If I'm behind the computer too much Or if I'm tinkering on watches for too long I'll say you know what I should get a coffee yeah. Well let's go on the motorcycle to get that coffee And it's been the greatest like uh, Release it, it takes a ton of energy out of me But it also it boosts me with a ton of joy So,
1: 1976 that, Kawasaki KZ400 That's a guess
2: That No I was going to say Is that what you have No it's not <laughs> what I have but
1: I'm guessing no. for you
2: no no they make they make nice bikes uh no i got a ducati 1199 (laughs) (laughs) canigali all right well that's that's about
1: as different as you can get from a 1976 DC 400 (laughs)
2: uh if i if you if you see me rolling up you'll hear me first and you'll say oh i think it's a harley and all the harley guys are like yeah and then they look and they go that's some young kid on a garage rocket so
1: this this doesn't compute you you know ducati ducati really really straddles that line right Mm -hmm. they really straddle they make a very sort of aggressive sport bike that is that is tuned and sounds like a traditional road bike right
2: it's incredible exactly and uh when you're the the one I got and just the latest models that they make now are are so advanced with their technology i've got on it like you're, you're going quick and mm-hmm. if the wheel is not in alignment or if you're spinning out a little bit the thing will literally catch itself align itself and make sure it's sticking to the ground it's there's such control with the newer bikes the computers are so advanced that's so and cool. to the point where Oh yeah,
0: yeah, it's so risky. Like that, that your that your bike can outride you, and then you're like, oh, I got oh, yeah. this, and then suddenly you're outriding that technology, and you die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: so so I, I was thinking about that. I said, you know, this is this is a little uh, risky. So I, I bought an airbag system. So I said, well, what other what other technology is out there? And so I have this uh, special suit I wear, and the airbag wraps around my torso. And it has a, what do you call those? Uh, the, the, the cell phones have them now where it knows how much movement.
0: Oh, the accelerometer, have, so. like, pla- like, yeah, emergency accelerometer, yeah,
2: exactly. So it has an accelerometer built into this jacket that you wear and they use racing statistics from motorbikes and they know how fast you're going to activate this suit. And it knows if, because it's all wireless, if you have a sudden jolt where you're stopping and where you're getting into an accident. So it knows when to trigger this system to deploy the airbag. And it has two argon canisters in the back. And it uses all this technology and its system to know when to release, how fast to release. Is this a, this a, a slide out smooth crash or is this like a collision getting hit by a car? And so it uses all these statistics to know how to release this airbag. So and someone's said, gonna someone's gonna like to ask
1: us that. what's the make a model of this? Yeah, because uh, people are
0: gonna ask. Because I've seen some dead motorcyclists.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so the airbag system it's made it's called uh, by Alpine Stars Tech Air Vest. Okay. So you basically just zip it into your leather suit and you're
1: good to go. All right, John. That's amazing, John. Tell the people tell the people where to find you.
2: So I'm at Brew Watches, so it's at Brew Watches on Instagram, and I'm I'm there probably all the time.
0: All right, all right, and and, and they're talking to you, not Doris, right?
2: No, there's no Doris, not yet. No, <laughs> it's always going to be me, so it's always direct to me. So I, I think uh, on that note, um, not not to go too far into this, but every time I get people that message me on on Facebook and, and sometimes Instagram with questions about return policies, sizes. They go, I have a question. I get back to him right away. And if I don't say Jonathan Ferrer, they say, oh, thank you so much. Um, thinking I'm just another representative. I said, no problem. Always happy to help. I'm glad you like my, my watches. They go, is this, this is Jonathan? Am I talking to the man? It, it, is, it, it, it,
1: is
0: it the
2: guy? It, 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 it's a little bit of a light switch that goes on. and yeah, I think people don't realize that, but it's a nice little, if you know, you know, and it's nice to know I'm always, I'm always there. Late at night, Sunday night, I'll be answering.
1: Here you go, man. There so you go. cool
0: to talk to the Brew Watches, right? Not just Brew Watches. Well, I'm but talking
2: to you guys guys This is this is special for me right
0: now. Oh well,
1: likewise, though. brother. Well, thank you so much for joining this us cool. because we do really appreciate it. If Get we want to buy one of your watches, it's BrewWatches.com, right? Yes. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for joining us, listeners, listeners, for another episode of Forty and Twenty. Check us out on Instagram. At 40 and 20. If you want to support the show, patreon.com 40 and 20. Check out check out brew watches at brew watches or brewwatches.com. Jonathan, thank you again for joining us. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.